Ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, episode 118. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Conry, as well as our guest for today, Britt Colo. Today's conversation is about how your personality type impacts your business. Interesting, right? Britt is a marketing coach who helps online business owners build marketing strategies based on their Myers-Briggs personality type. As the creator of the Marketing Personalities Framework, Britt has created a set of 16 personality-specific strategies to help you grow your business in a feel-good way. Her unique work is designed to help you go deep, find your true self, and grow that business of yours without feeling fake and salesy. Well, this is certainly an interesting conversation. I know that we've done a lot of work on our own personality assessments, and that's going to play into the conversation here as well. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in. So welcome, Britt, to the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. So why don't we start by having you share a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? So what led you to where you are today? Where did you start? What made you decide entrepreneurship was the right fit for you? Yeah, okay. So I do marketing now, and I got a degree years ago in kinesiology, which is the study of movement, which has nothing to do with marketing. Business, marketing, that was never in my radar. I was a science nerd. I liked neurobiology. Like this was never, nope, it wasn't around in my head. (laughs) But what was around from a very early, early age was watching my parents go to work and not really enjoy it. And I could see, you know, they were gone a lot and they would come home and not enjoy what they were doing when they weren't home. And that always felt weird to me. Even as I remember thinking about it as a child, like there's something I don't know about this. This is interesting. This is weird. So I for sure was once I got to high school thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, I was bound and determined to find something that I loved, right? Like I had to love it. I had to actually like what I was doing outside of my home. So I thought I wanted to be a wellness coach. That's why I had a degree in kinesiology. I became a wellness coach for a large organization and eh, kind of fell out of love with that. But at the same time was having these incredible conversations with our director of sales at the time about marketing and sales. And I started just teaching myself, becoming obsessed, listening to podcasts about marketing and business, even before like podcasts weren't even a thing back then, reading all the blogs, all of that stuff, just becoming obsessed. And long story short, I made my way into the marketing department of that company that I was working for and totally turned it around, made it an actual asset to the company, whereas they were kind of floundering before. 
And a couple years there, and I decided that, you know what, if I can do this for one company, I could probably figure out how to do it for other companies. And pretty quickly, now, you know, I had been listening to podcasts about business. And when you start down that rabbit hole, you start hearing about how other people are building their own businesses. So what started with me learning about how to market the business that I was working for and in became, wait a second, I could totally do this on my own. And I start fe- started feeling empowered to do so. And so, and I had always been like, I mean, we're going to talk about personality types in a minute, but I am an intuitive feeler. I, I have to know why I'm doing something. And, you know, until I started my own company, I really didn't align with the why behind any, any other company that I had worked for. So I, long story short, I, I left my position there, really nice, stable position at the company that I was in, in the marketing department, because I was going to start a marketing agency. So no clients, no business, quit my job, no lead-in, no side hustle, nothing. <laughs> and I, I quit my job. And I got a client my first week in business and I was off to the races. I was, I was going to be a marketing agency owner and quickly realized I went from having one boss to having like seven and that was not super cool. <laughs> and so then I began, instead of doing marketing for people, I started coaching people in marketing. That felt really good. And through that experience, having so many clients, both in the agency part of my business and in the once I kind of switched over to coaching, working with all these people, I started to connect the dots between their personality type and what marketing would feel good for them. And as I started connecting those dots, it was really, I just feel like a huge download from powers much larger than me of like, wait a second, there is something here. So I started testing that out with my coaching clients at the time, continued to validate that this framework really existed. Like you could, you could market your yourself in a way that felt good to you based on your personality type. And it would work like that's, that's what would work for you. And so I decided to not just give this to my one-on-one coaching clients, but build something online so anybody could go find their marketing personality type. So that has been, and that's what I've done, and that's what I what I do now and run now. So that's been the arc of my journey to, yeah, to entrepreneurship, doing my own thing, and then now this thing that I never could have even fathomed existing in the world, let alone coming from me just a few years ago. It just wasn't on my radar at all. But through through self-exploration and getting in there with clients and connecting the dots, here we are. So here's what I want to know. I am super curious about how you approach this marketing using personality tests. I think it's such a unique twist on something that we're constantly hearing about is marketing. Have you always had an interest in personality tests? And did you always have a love of them and and like do everyone that comes into your inbox and talk about it? Were you always that person? So I remember where I was the first time that I took a personality assessment. I was in high school. Oh, where were you? I will tell you. I was in high school. Tell I remember it was, I was in the computer lab and it was part of 
something that all of us had to do. I believe as either sophomores or juniors, I've tried to figure out what year it was. I don't know. But we were in the computer lab and we all had to take it. And I remember it being the Myers-Briggs personality assessment. And I remember taking it, seeing my results, and having this moment of, oh my goodness, I have felt like such an outsider, such a weirdo. And this thing, this assessment result is showing me that I'm not alone. Like, how did they know this about me? And it was this, this moment of validation. And it took me out of, you know, I mean, when you're in high school, you're a teenager. Like, even if you do kind of fit in on the outside, inside, you're just a freaking mess, you know? (laughs) And so I just, I totally remember that instant in my life. And from there on, I mean, I didn't really pay attention a whole lot to personality assessments. Every job that I ever had, whether it was part-time or full-time, and then definitely once I got into corporate, they had me take a few different assessments, not Myers-Briggs, but different assessments. And I always, you know, I always found them to be really fascinating. And the conversations that would come up with my bosses and my coworkers relating to those assessments were always, to me, so rich. I found them just endlessly fascinating. So I guess I, I did have a certain affinity to it. I didn't really see, like I kind of have already said, I didn't really see the impact that it could have on your marketing strategy until I was working with my coaching clients and recognizing how I would give advice to one client over here. And I always batch my coaching client calls, right? So they would always be, you know, full day on Tuesday, just one after the other. And I remember sharing a piece of advice with one client and I, let's say she was an ENFP. I don't, I don't really remember, but she was an ENFP Myers-Briggs personality type. I gave her that advice and she was like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. That sounds really good. And she went out and did it and it worked really well for her. Meanwhile, I would give that same little nugget of advice to a completely different person who might've been like an ISFJ and she reacted like, Oh, really? Do I, do I have to do that? I'm not sure. Like, and then she would kind of put it into play, but not really. And it wouldn't work. And it was, and that's when I started connecting the dots. And I knew that I knew their personality types because it was something that I always asked as soon as someone came on board with me as a client. I would ask that in the new, the new client questionnaire simply because I was just fascinated to know who is this person? How, what can I learn about them through their personality type so I can coach them better? And as, once I started connecting those dots and testing it, it just, it kind of illuminated itself to me, really. Mm. Yeah, it's obvious. It's so obvious now. Like, why hasn't anyone looked at it that way? Because not everyone can just jump on video and go, hey, hey, you know, come join this program, right? It's so hard for those I... NFPs, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know, I can't remember the letters, but INFJ the, right people, the introvert people. So yeah, <laughs> can you tell when you talk with someone, like once you've talked with someone for a few minutes, can you tell what their personality type is without asking? I get this question a lot. It's so funny how, how so I might be able to pick up on a couple character traits that would indicate a lean toward one aspect or another. You know, there are four aspects in a personality type, and I might be able to pick up on where they're coming from in a couple conversations. I try really, really hard not to assume anyone's type. Like, I literally refuse to say that someone is a certain type without them 
telling me in person that that is actually their type, unless it's been really like well-documented online. Like I'm not going to talk to Beyonce and ask her her personality type, but I can find that well-documented in different sources online. So then I can say, okay, Beyonce is this. But when we're, when I'm talking to anybody, you know, anybody else that I can actually talk to, I really, really try hard not to type them out. And plus, you know, we as humans, we can shape shift if we want to sometimes. Uh, so just because someone is presenting one way to me doesn't mean that they're presenting an authentic version of themselves. They could be putting on a cape or a mask to be somebody that they think I want them to be. And so I, I try really hard not to type anybody. It's kind of hard not to just kind of like to take on some, like pick up some cues and try to get into their brain just so I can help the conversation along. But, but I don't take it the whole way and say, oh, you're totally an INFJ when I don't really know that. And people don't like that. Like that's not a cool thing to do. So I don't do it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Point the finger and, and call them yeah. out. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. I wonder... Can you give us some examples of from some existing clients, perhaps of how you have to tailor your marketing for these different personalities? And I do want to say to the listeners that on Britt's uh, website, she has like all the different combinations for Myers-Briggs and then you can click on it and you can go and see what you are. And it talks a little bit about marketing and so on. And I assume that you've written all that part. I just went and did that before we recorded. I am an ESFP-T for turbulent, which is a bit concerning. And I read it and it was so accurate. Like it was just like you're feeling in high school, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I am the entertainer. I am comfortable in a room. I'm going to make everyone laugh. Anyway, it's really accurate. So I would love to hear more about how you, if, if everyone has a, a business and they're coming to you for marketing advice, but they're all these different you know, personalities behind these, these owners, but basically the, the, you know, so often the business, like the marketing advice is very similar. Like how do you, how do you tailor it for these different types of nuances in their personality? Yeah, that's a great question. So I can give you some examples, but to give you the overview, this is exactly why marketing personalities exist because we, we all get a lot of the same advice if we're not careful if we're not if you know if we're just listening to anybody in the space often we as an entrepreneur we start a business and we find what works for us and then because we found success doing it this one way we are an expert in that and so then we can go teach other people how to do that but that doesn't necessarily mean that what worked for us is what's going to feel good for anybody else and unfortunately you know that's not always clear. You know? <laughs> so the, the purpose of marketing personalities is to show you that you have innate natural skill and preference right within inside of you. And if we can tap into that and become self-aware of it, we can tailor a marketing strategy that highlights what's going to feel good for you and release and let go of the things that 
aren't going to feel good for you. And it's not just about feeling good. Like I, you know, I have a hashtag, it's called marketing. It's hashtag marketing that feels good, but that's, and that's awesome. But why do we want to feel good? The point here is when you show up in a way that feels good to you, you're at a high vibration there. Okay. If you're feeling good, high vibration, guess what? You're audience is going to pick up on that hot, that good energy, that high vibration, and they're going to want more of that. If you show up in a way that you feel like you quote unquote should, or because someone has told you, well, this worked for me, so it should work for you, but it doesn't really feel great. Like pick your example, you know, anything that doesn't feel right for you. If you show up in that kind of fake and salesy place, that is not a high vibration and your audience is going to pick up on that. And they're not they're not going to trust it because they see the fake. They see it. They feel it. And so they're, they're not cool with it. So yeah, we want to feel good. Like we're humans. That's kind of how we're wired. And it helps you grow your business. You don't have to feel fake and salesy to do it. So there are 16 types and every single type that exists, I've given a different suggestion for based on their type. And so let me give you an example. And Sandy, you just said you're an ESFP. And Jenny, you just said you're an INFJ. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, which means that the only thing that overlaps is F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I could get into the weeds here and explain all of those letters. But, you know, you can... You can go on my website. You can learn about that. Like that's there. You can go learn if you want. But um, with these two specific types, they're two very different people. So Sandy, as an ESFP, you're an entertainer and your best marketing strategy is going to include, surprise, surprise, entertaining your your audience. And the way that you probably are going to do that really, really well is either from a stage or through video, telling us stories, making us laugh, showing us a little bit of your personality <laughs> and and she, and you're giggling because you're like, oh, does that feel right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, I'll do that, yeah, I'll exactly. do that. Yep. And of course you can do this in an in-person perspective too. You don't, you know, you could be on stage doing it. Sure. You could just be in, in a crowd of people, but your real asset is going to be, if you create any form of content, tell us a story within that, that form of content. And if you can get us smiling, giggling, laughing a little bit, so powerful for you. Meanwhile, other personalities, like the, if I gave them that advice, they'd be like, wait, what? I don't know how to make terrified. people laugh. Like I, no way. <laughs> you know, you know that Jenny's never going to go on video with me ever again yeah. now after that. <laughs> right? She's going to be like, it's your job. That's your job. That's your job. (laughs) So, and then on the... Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's exactly right. And then on the flip side, Jenny, you're an INFJ and your best marketing strategy is going to include long form content. Now that can be written content, audio, (laughs) video. If you tend to be a little bit more extroverted than super introverted. The format of the content doesn't really matter here. The, the point here is that it's long form. And the reason is that INFJs tend to be incredibly deep humans and deep souls. And if they're not given enough space to really fully indoctrinate their listener, their audience member, their potential client, they feel like they're jumping the gun and they don't they're, they're definitely not a person that's just going to go straight to the call to action or straight to the sale. They need to fully indoctrinate their person with, you know, lots of content before asking for the sale in order to just feel like they're serving that person well. Does that feel right for you, Jenny? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get 
a lot of flack for writing messages that are too long or being a little bit overly perfectionistic about making sure that things are documented and correct and accurate. And yeah, I mean, I have trouble Mm -hmm. with informal conversation (laughs) and informal marketing because I'm afraid, like, I don't want to give out a statistic or, you know, anything without it being really documented and accurate and explained. And so then that's paralyzing in a lot of ways too, right? So, but we, that's why we work so well together, I Mm. think, because we are almost polar opposites. If there's only one character trait that's similar between us, like we are, that's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like that dynamic because we all have, while we all have our strengths, we also all have our weaknesses. So Jenny, I'd love, I mean, you went straight to the, oh, I kind of get flack for this a lot. And and you also, this is like a superpower for you too. So there's really good things about being this way. And the two of you together, it's Jenny, you probably keep things accurate and focused and, and well, you know, go going at a depth and breadth that it really needs to go to. And while Sandy can keep it light and to, and at least and get you to the point, right. And vice versa, Jenny, you can keep Sandy kind of on track while, you know, while she's being. Cause I'm just going to go, I'm just going to put it out there to get it done and like, move it, move it, move it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and you're like, I had, I had a typo in a newsletter one and we don't know. I just about like it, cro- it destroyed me for days. Like I just felt oh my so bad that I was And we had a hundred emails no of complaints, complain. didn't However, we? Not as I was just nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. That I wasn't careful enough and I was too quick to hit send. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sandy's like, it's yeah. okay, nobody cares, it's fine. And I'm like, okay, okay. They just okay. skim them anyway, Jenny. Yeah. They just skim them. <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> no, I think I think this is so powerful, Britt. What you've what you've f- sort of figured out here, because I think there's so many people who are not comfortable with marketing and sales, and it doesn't feel good or fun. It's just hard. It's agony, and I think a lot of people give up and just retreat. You know, to maybe teaching or, or, or making more content and not really putting themselves out there. And there's so much focus on video right now that video is the way video, you need video, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't have video. But some there's a lot of people that are like Jenny, who are intelligent, you know, valuable people trying to contribute with their business, and they are just terrified of video. So I think would you if Jenny was a solopreneur, and she was like, so introverted and not comfortable entertaining? Is it just about like, what would you tell her? Like, if she didn't have a Sandy to balance her yeah, out, I would tell her <laughs> to understand her marketing personality type, what that what that means, what her best marketing strategy is. Like I just outlined for her. Mm-hmm. Then, and this is often a skipped step. I'm finding that, and this is you know, when I get on a stage and I get to talk to an audience, this is what I talk to them about, not their specific personality type, but it's this point that I'm going to make right now, and it's that your natural feel good personality type is enough. You don't have to be anyone other than who Mm. you are to make this business work. You don't have to feel fake and salesy. You don't have to follow the trends because this is about energy. If you bring that feel good energy to the table, the right people will be attracted to that. Will everybody be attracted to that? No. And we don't need everybody. We need our right people. So I would encourage Jenny to show up in that way that feels good to her. And, you know, there's, I don't know what this is in in my personality or my sign or whatever, but I am just not a big believer in 
in the squeakiest wheel out there in the marketing trend. Like this video thing, I feel like I've heard video is like king for like three years. I'm like, really? I mean, and then, you know, podcasts are really popular. That's cool. I don't get on the bandwagon so much. And I really believe that we can all shine in our own ways, regardless of what is quote unquote trending. Because we're here for, a re- I mean, we're here for a reason. We are put on this earth for a purpose in our own ways. And there's definitely going to be a way to shine in that one unique way. It's not like you were made to create long form content. And just because you were born right now, you're just not going to succeed. That's just not true. You know, so own it, believe mm-hmm. in it, yeah. lean into it, make it happen. Yeah, I love that. And it's such a refreshing take, really. I think a lot of people are just like, Okay, yeah. I'm fine. And I can do exactly. this in my own way. And there's like just, yeah, I think the the pressure to follow trends is really mm-hmm. strong. And I'll yeah. say too, you can, I, I mean, my, my take on all of this, especially around video is that I can do video. It's not that I can't do video. It's not that I'm shy. It's that I want to teach a lesson and I'm going to make my video-based content almost an academic exercise. Like if I have slides and I have a lesson and there's a beginning and a middle and an end, and I want people to reach a certain conclusion, it's, it's like this mm-hmm. off the cuff video that's hard for me because I don't like, I don't like watching sure. people talk off the cuff and I don't want to, I don't, that's just um, a little loosey goosey for me. It's not the way I live my life, right? Like I'm not a, oh, hey guys. Like I can't imagine. Oh my gosh. So like Instagram stories is the worst thing ever for me. Like I just, it's just the worst, honestly. So, um, can we talk about Instagram stories for a second? Talk about it. Okay. Because this is just keeps coming up for me this week. So we just need to, we just need to talk about this. (laughs) I think it's so, so interesting, kind of heartbreaking, but so interesting how, Instagram stories has somehow become the thing that our egos and our minds attach ourselves to when we're in a downward spiral. And I see it Hmm. in so many people. I mean, I talk to a lot of people in a week from all different industries and Instagram stories. The moment that you get into a comparison trap, like you're comparing yourself to somebody on Facebook or you got this funny call about a tax bill or whatever, like you're in some sort of downward spiral. (laughs) Somehow in our circles, in our entrepreneurial online circles, we somehow attach our problem to like, if I could just freaking figure out how to do a good Instagram story, I would be better at this. And it's funny because I I see an Instagram Mm. story as, and I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but watch yourself the next time you get into that mode and watch your watch your watch how quickly you get to Instagram stories it's it's just crazy to watch it's funny because the, the Instagram story is one of the smallest pieces of the internet possible if you think about it it's a 15 second clip and it only lasts for 24 hours and like that's what our ego and our inner critic wants to go to the second that we feel like we're kind of losing ground and it's, I'm not picking, I, I personally love Instagram stories because it's aligned with my personality type and I don't mind them. And it, so I'm not picking on Instagram stories. It's just, you know, it's an opportunity to be aware of what your mind tries to create a problem around when really you're totally fine and you can just continue showing up in a way that feels good for you. And you'll be totally 100% fine without the thing that feels like 
super, super scary, like Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is good. And I've just chosen to stay away from Instagram stories. I When they first came out, I was on them all the time. And then I just, it was just felt like a big waste of time to me that there's more important work mm-hmm. to be done. And so we've talked lots about how we sort of police our social media use and our beliefs around that. But Ah, you're right. It's like 15 seconds, 24 hours. Why why are we worried about it? Why are we even doing it sometimes? I don't know. Well, that's awesome. You know, I just want to, we're just going to lead you into Prue's questionnaire here in a second, but I just want to say like, I am just so grateful that we met you and to this perspective is just so refreshing. I just appreciate your work so much. And, um, I really would encourage everyone to, to head over to your website and just read it and go, it's like a big breath that, you know, sigh of relief, like I'm fine yeah. and I can do this. However I operate in the world, it's all possible for me. So I, I love it. So thank you. Okay. Let's run you through Prue's questionnaire. You're just going to answer quickly okay. these questions. First word that pops into your head. What is your idea of perfect happiness? The present moment. Which living person do you most admire? My mom. Is that cliche? I don't care. That's true. No. I no. love my mom. No, it's not cliche at all. <laughs> <laughs> what is your greatest extravagance? You know, really comfortable, expensive feeling pajamas. <laughs> and we should say that your podcast is called Marketing in Yoga Pants, right? I rebranded it. Oh, so did it's you actually, change it? Yeah, it's Marketing Personalities oh. now, but oh. I do love myself a good pair of yoga pants too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which words or phrases do you most overuse? Oh, I feel like I'm a broken record all the time. You know, something that always comes out of my mouth is the phrase all is well. And I think it's because I've tapped into my intuitive voice. I've been practicing that. It's a place that I go daily. And that phrase all is well is my inner voice's favorite. And I just say it Mm. over and over. It just comes out of my mouth when I'm not even trying to say it in conversation with people. Um, because I hear their mind, I think my, my, I might be getting a little crazy here, but my inner voice hears their mind going, da, 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 you know, like the high, just the crazy mind. And it's just all is mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. We can do this. All is well. We're fine. All is well. Total broken record on that phrase, but I guess it could be worse, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Most people say, um. So, yeah, I think that's much deeper. <laughs> what do you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement has been believing in myself enough to quit my job and do something on my own, for sure. What book are you reading right now? I have three. Do you want me to just give one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, no, let's hear all three. Uh, I'm reading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Again, I'm reading, I'm mm-hmm. almost done with You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I just started The Color Purple. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Okay. Last one. What is your greatest regret? My greatest regret is not believing that my innate person, this thing that I get for my life was enough sooner. Like I wish Mm. I would have figured that out sooner. I'm grateful for the experiences leading up to that point. I think that's why that's my mission now because it it was such a journey. It was so messy. And yeah, I still wish I would have figured it out a little sooner, right? Mm-hmm. That's Thank a whole you. other Thank you podcast for sharing. episode. Absolutely. I would love to ask you about that journey. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we should do it. So 
we end every episode with a joy and a hustle. So if you could share a resource that helps our listeners hustle and also something that brings you joy that you think could possibly bring joy to others. Sure. The resource that keeps me on my hustle is Asana. If it's not an Asana with a due date and an assignee, like a person that's supposed to get it done, it does not exist in my world. And that keeps me on my hustle. Asana, use it, use it daily and use it right. And I don't think you can really go wrong. And the resource that will bring joy, again, something, a resource that brings me joy daily are the podcasts that I get to listen to. I'm a podcast host. Obviously, we're on a podcast right now. And I think I really do believe that you become the average of the five or six or seven, whatever the quote is, people that you spend the most time with. And that can get a little daunting when you are um, an entrepreneur kind of in your own space all the time, maybe not surrounded so much with other entrepreneurs. So podcasts for me have been such an outlet for me to tap into people that I really do truly admire and I want to become like. And that brings me joy in the moment and gives me hope for the future as well. And the joy yeah. that, that is waiting We're for me in the on that future one. too. So podcasts mm-hmm. are the resource. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Britt, for your time. And where can folks find you on the internet? Super simple. I'm at marketingpersonalities.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Britt. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. (laughs) 